0: Need an outline? Just wave your hand there, and my brother Leland trying to get you on. We are lesson three. We have spent two weeks on establishing uh, the basis for dispensationalism. Why we believe in a dispensational approach, and, and and by the way, not everything every person says who uses the term dispensational. This to describe themselves is what we believe. I mean, Mr. Schofield had a lot of things, and people always try to attach him to dispensational truth because he was, uh, wrote the Schofield Study Bible about the turn of the last century, and everyone, uh, likes to point to that, but there's some pretty wax stuff in the Schofield Study Bible. Mr. Schofield did not believe correctly about the local church. Uh, Mr. Schofield did not always hold to a literal interpretation. And when you lead that path, and by the way, there are some passages in the Bible that are not talking about literal things. Amen. Amen. But when we interpret them literally, we're not talking about wrenching them out of the context. We're talking about keeping them in the context that Jesus meant them to be. Are we together there? And we want to be very, very careful. I'm reading a book I found on progressive dispensationalism. And and you know what I'm finding? Nothing progressive is very good. Uh, and uh, our modern quote-unquote scholars are uh, abandoning many of the simplest truths of the Bible. And what we're looking here as we set this up, the emphasis is not on the time period. The emphasis is upon the administration of God's grace. You do not have to spend very much time with your Bible to understand that things were a little different in different times of the Bible. In fact, tonight we're going to study the first dispensation. And I will tell you, things were very, very different with Adam and Eve in the garden than they are today. And uh, I'm, I'm, for one, glad they're different. Amen? How about you? Uh and, you know, we, as we look here, we have to understand that we're, we're just going to start at the very beginning of our Bible. We are going to work our way through simply, but we're going to find that there are things that change. Adam and Eve did not understand the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. They didn't have to. God didn't tell them about that. We we believe in what is uh, simply termed a progressive revelation that God gave part of His revelation at different times. We believe that each uh, uh, revelation that God gave established truths that are not uh, that are eternal. They continue the whole way through the Bible. Uh, please don't turn your paper over to the other side until we get through the lesson, but we're going to review, uh, and and I'm not saying that the list I have is even exhaustive. Uh, I'm sure that if we looked at it, we could come up with several more. But what we have here is God's revelation. Now, we call this, for lack of a better term, and I'm not sure if Mr. Schofield was the one who came up with this title or not. Or maybe Mr. Uh, or J. Nelson Darby uh, were people who put names to these things. Uh, we could call this the dispensation of creation if we want, wanted to. But innocence is a really good word because that describes the state of mankind, does it not? Adam and Eve lived in a perfect world without the presence of... Of sin. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Everywhere we look, everything we do is touched and tainted by sin. And if you follow the news commentators and things, uh, Rush Limbaugh's been going off for the last almost two weeks solid on the New York State abortion law and what it is, and what it has caused, and what it will cause. And uh, he asked the question, he said, why are these people so excited? We had our governor standing up and giving the legislature a standing ovation for passing this monstrous law that allows for the death of babies who are born alive even after a botched abortion. That, that is without precedent in history. Um, and these things go on. And, he's, and he asked the question, why are they so excited about this? And, uh, of course, I, I, I'm not in contact. I, there was part of me just wanted to email him and, and, and put my two cents in, but it wouldn't get through. Uh, but here's the simple thought. Here's the simple truth. What did the devil promise Eve? When he tempted her. Ye shall be as gods. Do you know what makes God, God? One of the things is he has the choice between life and death. What is our fascination with vampires and all of these things I just want to connect some things in our society today. See, they can't be killed only by, what is it, Buffy the Vampire Slayer or some stupid thing like that? Um, again, all of these things that we have a fascination with, why were people so fascinated, it have always been every gangster movie they make, no matter how dumb ridiculous, untrue it is. I mean, people just fall down at their knees and worship. Why? Because they have the power of life and death. It's all connected right here to Genesis chapter 3. Are you able to follow my convoluted thinking here? I don't think I'm too far off the track here. Is man has always wanted To be God. That is the ultimate purpose here. And if man has the choice, the ultimate choice, that's why these uh, sovereigns of the medieval age who had absolute power over life and death, off with his head and off it went. It kind of backfired during the French Revolution, didn't it? And all of the aristocrats lost their heads. Not all of them by any means, but we need to understand something here. We are looking at history in the light of the world in which we live. And so we have to be careful. There's a lot of things in the Bible that people would like to take out of their historical context and text and twist and change and all of these things. And, and so what we're going to do is we're going to start in Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1. in the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the of the waters. Now, what we simply have here is a statement. In the beginning, when time began, when our universe was born, it was born because God created it. You know, scientists, they talk about the Big Bang Theory. And uh, one preacher put it this way: he says, "I believe in the big Bang. God said, "Let there be light, bang! there was light." He said, "Let there be earth, bang, there was earth oh, well uh, i, I don 't want to quite go that far, uh, but I will tell you that there is no gap between Genesis one one and Genesis one two that we should not embrace an attempt to reconcile science so-called with the bible that we ought to make sure that we follow just what the bible said god put the matter into existence from which the universe was made it says the earth was without form it wasn't round it wasn't flat It wasn't oblong, it wasn't any regular thing. We have all of this matter and God began to form it in the order that he said. And as God went through the different steps of creation, and we could take time to explore the pre-diluvian canopy if you uh, would like to. I I really don't want to in this... uh, um, In this study here, but what we have is God created light, verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw the light, that it was good, and God divided the light from the darkness. Now that is an amazing thing there. That is one of those phrases that is incomprehensible to you and I. Because you cannot mix light and darkness, you say, well, I can make it a lot darker in this room by dimming the light. Yes, you can. But wherever light is, there isn't darkness. And wherever darkness is, there isn't light. Uh, there are varying degrees of light, uh, uh, we might say. There aren't varying degrees of darkness. Because what changes the darkness? The light does. And And we could spend the whole evening just looking at those things and the properties of light, but God divided the light from darkness. Apparently, when He said, "Let there be light," there was no division. That's one of those things if you If you just have to sit and toy with things that make your mind go uh, there's one for you to play with, okay? Uh, because God separated it. Amen. It's separate now, we have not varying degrees of darkness, but varying degrees of light. Are are we together on that? And so, when Jesus starts making some statements in his teaching, I am the light of the world. John says in John chapter 1, The light shineth into the darkness, and the darkness comprehendeth it not. Hey, there, there is a connection here. One of the things that we are seeking and trying to understand our Bible in this way is we want to make sure that we have one Bible. It's amazing, the, those that would criticize dispensational study of the Bible say that we chop up the Bible into little pieces, and certainly there are some who use that name that try to use dispensationalism as an excuse to cut their Bible up. But it is the covenant theologians, it is the uh, church theologians, it is the others. uh, We talked about the dogmatic theologians who just follow the teachings of their church. These are the people that cut the Bible up into little pieces. These are the people that withhold the Bible... We we look at the Bible as one vast picture of God's revelation to mankind. At the end of creation in Genesis chapter 2, we have thus the heavens and the earth were finished and all the host of them. And on the seventh day God ended his work which he had made and he rested the seventh day from all the work which he hath made. And God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because that in it he had rested from all his work which God created and made. So we have the record of creation and by the way this is all under the category there was no written word. We do not have any understanding, anything that would lead us to believe that any of God's revelation was written down until Moses began to record the books of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus at the Mount of at the foot of Mount Sinai, and this was many, many, many years after. Uh, uh, I don't have the exact figure, but uh, the Uh, If we take Bishop Usher's dating system, we have creation at 4004 B.C., or more than likely the fall of man at 4004 B.C. And uh, uh, the Exodus was somewhere, uh, depending on whose calendar you use, somewhere around 1,800 years before Christ. So you have 2,200 years uh, of history here that are elapsing between creation and when Moses actually wrote it down. Uh, But if all you needed to know about God was what is in Genesis 1, 2, and 3, that could be related to you in less than an hour. Now, couldn't it? And so we have an oral history that is passed on from generation to generation. And we'll find out by the time we get to Genesis 3 that man starts perverting or messing up God's revelation, adding to the words. And so, we have God established as the Creator, and and there's no question in that. There's no issues. There's nothing like, and God created the heaven and the earth, and He asked man to follow Him. God created the heaven and the earth, and Adam and Eve had to figure this all out, so God explained it to them. Obviously, God explained to them that he was the creator, and Adam and Eve believed this. In fact, we get to Genesis chapter 2, and uh, uh, people who want to argue about the Bible like to say, well, Genesis chapter 2 contradicts Genesis chapter 1. I mean, in the, it says God created man and woman. And, and then in chapter 2, it gives us this great big story about the rib and all the animals. And Does anybody need me to explain that? Or are we okay understanding that Genesis chapter 2, it tells us right here in verse Four. these are the generations of the heaven and earth when they were created. God is just explaining. He is giving us a close-up. He is giving us an examination of what He did as He created the heaven and the earth. Chapter 2 is filling in details that were not filled in in chapter 1. There's no disagreement here. And God gives Adam, in verse 15... And the Lord God took the man and put him into the Garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. Now, this was God's first commandment. He was to dress and to keep the garden. Do you realize in the Garden of Eden, without sin, without corruption, without death, that unless Adam picked the fruit there there would be no opportunity for the tree to produce any more until that fruit was picked. And so Adam was to go around and, and uh, many of the animals could not get to the higher fruit on the tree. And so what was Adam's job? His job was to keep the garden, to harvest the fruit thereof, uh, to distribute it, to uh, make sure. And I imagine that In the idea of keeping a garden. How many of you have ever been to a botanical garden of any kind? Uh, There's a lot of interesting things that you can do with plants. Is there not? A lot of beautiful things. And God was using Adam's creative ability that he had given him to say, listen, you go out through this garden and you make it beautiful and you pick the fruit and you... Do the work of keeping the garden. And then it says here, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof thou shalt surely die. You know, God does have the right to tell you what to do and what not to do. That that is one of our biggest problems with our society today is they refuse To give God the place of being the final arbiter of truth. They refused to recognize God as the creator. These things were established. Adam and Eve could not question them. Especially Adam for he saw the creative hand of God. God brought every animal to him. And Adam named those animals. And if you want another one of those interesting things to uh, flitterate your mind with, uh, uh, I took some classes from uh, Dr. Thomas Strauss up in Connecticut, and he claims that the original language was Hebrew and uh, that all languages of today are uh, a uh, confused version of the Hebrew language. And that may sound quite outlandish at first, but you go through some of the words uh, like giraffe, where in the world did that come from? Well, the Bible says a a guy named Adam named uh, the animals. And uh, it was quite an interesting study, but if you'll remember the uh, golden rule uh, of biblical understanding is that if it doesn't affect the way I live today, well then I'm going to put it on the shelf and let God take care of it. So it really doesn't matter if Hebrew's the original language does. It's an interesting thing. If you got extra time to study, it beats watching TV. Amen? Uh, but let's keep moving on through our our lesson here. And then God brings in verse 18 the Lord God said it is not good that the man should be alone I will make and help there's a space in there my friend meat for him now I preach that at every wedding it's not a help meat like a play meat it's an help meat for him and so we go down through here and and Adam is God proves to Adam that there is no a companion for him found out in all the earth. He takes a rib out of Adam's side. One preacher aptly put it this way. He took a rib from his side, not a bone from his foot so that she could be trodden upon. Not a bone from his head that she could lord over him. But she, he took a bone from Adam's side because woman was designed to walk side by side with her husband. Yeah. Yeah. God wants us to see and understand these things. He wanted Adam to see the scar and feel the pain and understand that God had taken something from him, that woman was not created out of the dust of the earth as man was, that God took something special from man, and that's why it is woman. And you have lad and lady. In fact, there's not a term for the female, male. uh, They're all connected this way. Why? Because God hates women. Mm -hmm. No, he doesn't. That is the perverse thought process of the feminist movement. There's nothing feminine about feminism. The simple truth of the matter is, God created and instituted marriage. Isn't it interesting? I, I have yet to find I have yet to find knowledge of any people group, no matter how primitive, aboriginal, etc., tribal, that did not have some form of marriage. That did not practice some form of exclusivity between a man and a woman and their family. Isn't that interesting? You know, the psychologists of the 60s and 50s and told us that if you took a child and, and did not precondition that child, it would be neither a male nor a female. Now, we have some Hollywood movie stars that are actually trying to do that to their kids. I call that child abuse. Because God put some natural differences between men and women. And by the way, ladies, don't try to understand men. And men, don't try to understand ladies. You know, every man that I've ever met that claimed that he really understood women was either single or divorced multiple times. Because that's not the issue. You know what the issue is? It says, therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, the word love isn't in there, but isn't it surely implied? I mean, why would you be cleaving or hugging each other if you didn't like each other? You know, um, the simple point here is God is what? Love. And we have God establishing marriage here between one woman and one man. And by the way, did they have a choice? No, they did not. They were the only ones on this earth. And God planned that marriage and and, uh, set that up between Adam and Eve. And God gives them instruction and God pronounces his judgment. You know what? There's a lot of things that Adam and Eve did not know. No one would really understand, we've touched about this, the redemptive work of Christ until after the resurrection. So Adam and Eve had no idea here. There was no need for a written word regard. Their relationship with each other was, and with God, I want to put this in, was so pure, the Bible tells us that they were naked and they were not ashamed. That clothing was not necessary. Now, I want to challenge you. We have a lot of perverted people who try to, quote-unquote, return to Eden. One of the truths that we understand in the Bible is, once you... Past the limits of God's grace and change things, you can't change them back. In fact, one preacher I know, he claims that uh, Adam and Eve were clothed in light uh, before sin. Uh, I, I just take what the Bible says. It says they were not ashamed. There was no need There was no perverse thinking. There was no wrong understanding. And there was no one else on the earth at this time. And so their relationship was pure. By the way, could I make a connection here to the Laodicean church who also found themselves naked before God and had no idea that they were naked before God? What was the answer for them? You need to buy of me clothing to cover your shame. You are so used to sin. You are so lukewarm. You have lost your connection with God and you don't even understand what holiness is. Wow, does that describe... uh, I don't believe in church ages, but uh, I'll tell you what, we certainly... Uh, do prove that point in the day and time in which we live. Um, and by the way, um, has anyone heard anything, been contacted in any way by the Good News Mission Church? Uh, they're around here in New York City. If Oh, I can't even remember the young man's name that used to come here. But anyway, he got swallowed up in that cult a couple years ago, and they have been bugging the fire out of me. Uh, the last three days. You see, they believe that once you get saved, you never have to confess any sins to God, that you did all that the moment you got saved. said, so, yeah. And then when you question them on it, oh, we don't believe that. Yeah, you're just liars like everybody else. And he says, oh, it's the other churches in Korea that call us cults. I said, no, it's not. It's our friend, Brother Park, in Korea that calls you a cult. And... uh Uh, Finally, got to the point where I just said, you know, uh, what part of leave this building and never come back, don't you understand? And, uh, you know, the world is full of people who are so ignorant of the truth that they can't even see it. You got to pray. This is the exact opposite of Adam and Eve. They were so full of the truth, they could not see the sin and the evil that we would see in the same thing today. We can't go back. And so then, Adam and Eve truly did not comprehend the consequences of their disobedience. Does man ever really understand what it means to be disobedient to God? Do you think any honest thinking person would choose hell over heaven? But people do every day now, don't they? You see, we have a a process established here in the Scripture. If we will just study these first three chapters of the Bible as a history and as a record of history, we are going to learn so much about mankind and ourselves. Uh, Most of it isn't good, but we'll also learn about God. The scope of this dispensation is unknown. The time period is not there. That's why we do not put an emphasis on time, we put an emphasis on God's administration of grace. Adam and Eve had perfect communion with each other and with God. They had perfect communion with nature. There was none of these things that we understand today, and it continued as long as both Adam and Eve obeyed God. We don't think that it was really that long of a time. No children were born None of these things happened, so chances are this first dispensation was comparatively uh, short in its time scope. Maybe just measured in a few years rather than decades, or uh, who knows, maybe even months, we, we do not know. But what changed things? Well, number one, sin changed things, didn't it? Sin changed Adam and Eve's relationship with God. It changed how God now related to Adam and Eve, did it not? As Adam and Eve hid themselves in the garden because their eyes were open to their shame, they now no longer thought pure and clean thoughts. It says the voice of the Lord came walking in the cool of the evening. The inference is that God did this every day. Could you imagine, I, I, I can't believe how many times people, I just wish I could hear God speak from heaven. Well, let me tell you something Adam and Eve did every day. Did it stop them from sinning? No. People say, oh, if we could just get out of this wicked environment in which we live, we would be able to be the kind of people that God wants us to be. Didn't work out so well for the monks and the nuns in the monasteries, now did it? Those are some of the darkest chapters of human depravity known to mankind. You know why? Because as they shut themselves off from the world, they took their evil natures inside their new world with them. Uh, You cannot get away from yourself. Adam was not deceived. This is what Paul tells us in 1 Timothy 2. He says, And Adam was not deceived, but the woman being deceived was in the transgression. He talked with the devil and added to God's words. We've been over this many times. She said, Neither shall ye touch it. Now, that makes perfect sense. It sounds just like your mother, does it not? If you don't touch the cookie jar, you'll never eat one. But once you touch the cookie jar, you're done. Because you've already said, I broke the rule. Now I'm going to eat 15 of them. Um, and that's what happened to Eve. But right now isn't it? You cannot improve upon God's works. This is... The, and don't... You'll never get ahead by talking with the devil. We see the pattern set. John, in First John chapter 2... Verses 15 through 18, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world, for what is in the world? Go back to Genesis chapter 3. And the woman saw that the tree was good for food. Lust of the flesh. That it was a pleasant to the eyes. Lust of the eyes. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Pride of life. You know what? The devil doesn't need a new pattern of temptation. James says, God does not tempt us, but we're tempted when we're drawn away of our own lust and enticed. You see, we have one book. The pattern of sin is given to us in the history of what happened with Eve as she talked to the devil who was in the snake and... The Bible tells us that death has passed upon all. You read uh, Genesis chapter 5. It says in verse 1 that Adam was created in the image of God. And yet in verse 3 of the same chapter, when Adam had a son, he was in the image of Adam. We have a lot of people that want to talk about the difference in the races and the difference here in this and all of this. And there is a great, huge Difference in the gene home. If you've ever been around some of these really big basketball players uh, or some of these 350-pound football players, uh, and if you follow the stereotypes, uh, they're not with PhDs and spouting reading dictionaries. It's more like uh, uh, what was, uh, well, I think it was Joe Namath that said. If the fingers are on that side of the mask, they're his. If they're on this side of the mask, they're mine, after he had bitten another player. And and, uh, 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 we we look at these people and we say, wow, where does that kind of stuff come from? But we're all human beings, are we not? How are we all in the image of God? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Man has a body. Jesus, a soul, God the Father, man had a spirit that had direct contact with God. That's why the Holy Spirit comes to live in us when we get saved. It restores us partially. God gives us a loan until we can get to heaven, until we get through that second resurrection And our body is brought back out of the ground and we have a glorified body and it says we will be one with Christ. If we could only grasp this, this is Islam's big problem with the Bible. There there can't be three gods. see. That's exactly correct. There cannot be three gods. By definition, there only can be one supreme being. That's what the word God means. Well... You've got God the Father, and you've got another God the Son. No, we have one God. But our God is so big that in order for you and I, little peon human beings, even to begin to comprehend how great He is, He has revealed Himself to us in three distinct, complete persons. As a human being, you have three distinct, complete parts. If you separate those parts, you're in trouble. If the soul leaves the body, guess what? You are dead. Well, what happened when the Spirit left the body? Uh, In the day that ye eat thereof, ye shall surely what? Die. We're born dead. And so... God then brings judgment upon man. It says man was born a sinner. People have problems when David says, in sin did my mother conceive me, and in iniquity was I shapen in my mother's womb. He's just poetically saying, I was born in the image of Adam, not in the image of God. That's not so hard to reconcile, is it? We are prone to sin. Paul put it this way. Death passed upon all men for that. All have sinned. Uh, I met some people. They got mad and said, if Eve hadn't only eaten the apple. Well, that just shows how ignorant you are. It wasn't an apple. It was the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was its own fruit. Someone said, well, I think the sin was eating. not in No, the sin was in the fruit. That's what the Bible says. And then God banished man and woman from the garden. Why? Because God is not only in the sin-forgiving business, He's in the sin-inhibiting business. Do you get that? If Adam and Eve had reached out and grabbed a hold of the tree of life, they would have been forever condemned in their unredemptive state, and there would have been no opportunity for redemption. God forbade man by ex- expelling him from the garden, by putting an angel there to guard uh, the entrance to the garden. And someone said, what happened to the Garden of Eden? Well, when we get to Genesis chapter 6, there's this little thing called the flood. Uh, it took care of whatever was left of the garden. Trust me. And, and so uh, we have all of God's judgment. Uh God cursed the earth and the labor of life is to be hard because they left the rest that God had given them. God tells Adam now, you're not to have rest. You're going to work by the sweat of your brow. And by the way, if you don't sweat on the outside, you're going to sweat on the inside. Isn't that what ulcers are all about? Uh, I mean, this is just the way... It's going to be hard. We live in America, and we are so rich and so capable. We we believe that you ought to only work five days a week. When God pronounced this curse upon the earth, He meant for man to work six days a week. That there was only one day of rest. And that didn't become codified until God gave the law, Mount Sinai... Uh, 2,200 years after this point in history. And so, uh, God meant work to be hard. He meant that the will of the woman was to be submitted to her husband because Adam refused to protect the woman and stand there even though she was deceived and explain to her what had happened so that she would not eat of the fruit. Adam did not take care of his responsibility and so God said, now... Every man is going to take care of that responsibility. I'm going to lay that on you. If you weren't smart enough to figure that out, Adam, I'm going to lay it out very simply. And that would solve a lot of problems. Continuation of life was corrupted. And every time a woman gives birth, it is completely full of pain and suffering to remind us that creation and life itself has been affected. By our sin. The serpent would be accursed above all animals. And there was a promise of a redeemer. We had the bloody sacrifice instituted. Innocence was lost forever. There's only one option. To cover the shame of their nakedness. You know, this is the picture of God's redeeming love of mankind. When we get to Cain and Abel, we are going to understand that this was already established by God. God killed those animals. He made coats of their skins so that Adam and Eve's nakedness could be covered. Abel did not have to have God explain to him that he was supposed to bring a lamb. He already understood that from his parents from when they were expelled from the garden. The first time Adam and Eve witnessed death was when God killed those animals and made clothes for them out of the skins of those animals. Isn't it interesting that the PETA and the nature-loving crowd hate skins? They're still trying to sew fig leaves together. Uh, You can make some pretty neat things out of cotton and linen, but on a cold night like tonight, There is absolutely nothing better than a shearling or some type of skin there, a leather coat to break the wind. Now, is there? No, no, nothing made by man. Uh, Just interesting thing to think about. Turn your paper over, and we'll be done in a minute. Here. Here's some things we learn about God, His Word, and His work concerning mankind. This is just. This is not exhaustive. I just put this together very quickly here. God is a creator. Of all that is, God's words are His law. They're not to be disobeyed. God will judge all who rebel or transgress His words. God's words are not to be added to or taken from. A bloody sacrifice is the only means of reconciling sinful man to God. Sin brought death upon the human race. It changed the entire creation of God. How many verses in the Bible talk about that? Only God can rectify the sin problem. If we will accept, if we will understand what the Bible says about the loss of innocence of Adam and Eve, it will make us all the more willing to take God's covering for our sins. Are we together on that one? Man should earn a living by work. Willful, hard, labor, work. Marriage is for one man and for one woman for one lifetime. The woman should have a desire to or toward her husband, the Bible tells us. There was given a promise of the coming Savior. You cannot go back to the way it was. Because only God forgives sins. You have to move forward under the new revelation. Now, we have all this revelation coming down at the end of chapter 3. Do you realize that by, when, when Adam and Eve were living in the garden, two verses of your Bible uh, cover, three verses actually. Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, God created the heaven and the earth. And then God said to dress and keep the garden and, and not to eat of the fruit. That was all they needed to know about God. To have perfect communion with Him. We get to Genesis chapter 3, sin is there and now we got a whole chapter talking about the changes in creation and the changes in our behavior and the changes in the way we approach God. All resulting from Adam and Eve disobeying God's original revelation. See, this is where we make the break. Why? Because the administration of God's grace changes, doesn't it? Now we have man bringing an animal sacrifice to God to worship. That's been established. Man is no longer going to be in this beautiful garden that God had put together. Eve has the promise of great pain and suffering. And I I will tell you, if you've ever been an eyewitness of childbirth, it is something that will change you forever. Because... God wasn't kidding when he said pain and suffering. And you see, if we're going to live, we're going to have to work. You know one thing that's been true of this country from day one? If you're willing to work in these United States of America, you can earn a living. The only time that wasn't really true was during the Great Depression. And that was because we had a man named Theodore Roosevelt who was vested in making the Depression last as long as he possibly could. And uh, if you don't believe that, study the history books. But when man was out of the way and we had freedom in this country, you could always make a living by being willing to work hard. Amen? Does that sound like what God told Adam In the Garden of Eden? Strangely so, doesn't it? You see, these truths don't change. They're going to continue. God's going to give us more information. We're going to learn more about God. We stand at the very end of God's revelatory passage. We have all the Bible. We have everything God wants us to know. And so, as we look here, we see that things changed. And this is why we call this a dispensation. A time an administration of God's grace that was different than any other time period in history. Are we all together there? And yet, so many things teach us about ourselves, how we live, about the God of the Bible, how we should worship Him, how we should honor Him, how we should approach Him. So many things are laid out very plainly in living color. Right there in the first three chapters. All God's people said.